I'm just going to turn it on. We'll just see what happens because, you know, we hadn't really started much of anything except some household business and, you know. Yeah. But I like to just kind of just jump into the jello. Let's and, jump uh, in. Yeah. Jump into the jello. Jump into the jello with the with the kind of a gray day and not too warm out. I may go for a walk even later or we could go or something. And, and uh, I've been upstairs, you know, trying to write some stupid stuff and like that. You can or, climb uh, a mountain. You can swim a sea. You can jump into in the, the cello. <laughs> Um, but but you'll never be free. free. No, 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 no. no, no. no, no. <laughs> we make each other happy. We do make each other happy. We make each other happy. You know why we do? Why? Because it's 9.15 a.m. Saturday, June the 24th. 2023, I'm Bill. I'm Diane. The Bill and Diane. Why did I ever start doing do to do to do? I don't know when the do to do started. I don't know when any of this started. It's a long time ago, 2013 or some kind of. We're approaching our 500th episode. Oh my gosh. That's wild. Wild and Why do we still do it? I don't know. We were here last week, though. No advance notice to anybody. Didn't say, you know, dinkus about it. But that's going to be happening. You know, from time to time, there's just going to we're just going to drop a week. And last Saturday, we were down in Tacoma. Yeah. 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 That's a thing. Helping out mom. We were down helping my mom with some stuff, and we decided to, we're, because we were all going to be going to this gathering out on Fox Island on Saturday. For Ken and Julie Higgins' 70th, 70th, 70th wedding anniversary. 7-0. Wedding anniversary. My gosh. I know. Which we did go to and had a lovely time. It was great to see all the peeps. It's one of those, it's one of those gatherings where you're walking around and you see all these familiar faces and you don't know these people. But you've been going to gatherings to see some specific people for so many years that you know all these faces and you can kind of greet people. <laughs> hey, you doing? You know, just except because... for me, I didn't know anybody oh, but yeah. the. But you've been to a couple of gatherings. Yeah, there, but you? I only recognize. Yeah, but the you'll family. get to know. You'll get to know those faces. Because... But the family is so wonderful yes. that. Yeah, and there's generations of there's like four generations of them there, and uh, pretty sweet, uh, sweet event and beautiful people. Some of my favorite, some of God's greatest hits. Absolutely. And, uh, they're just they're just impeccably wonderful people. Anyway. So we stayed overnight in this. So we were helping my mom doing yeah. doing some some chores for her uh, on Friday. So we decided we were gonna get a hotel room and spend the night uh, down on the the uh, Ruston waterfront, and uh, that's what we did. Yeah, and we took your mom there after in the afternoon as soon as we could check in, and yeah. we just hung out in the room, had yeah, dinner the room, there, and got some dinner. Had ordered some dinner from the restaurant next door. I walked over and got it and bring it back. We just hung out. It was great. It was wonderful. It's great, man. Yeah, and the day great. before, we had gone to see Nils. We had gone to see Nils Peterson. That's right. <laughs> Boy, the lot's been happening. We didn't yeah. talk about going to see Nils? No, because oh, that man. happened the day before we left, That's too. the best martini I've had in a long time. Of course, I haven't had many 
gin martinis. That was my dad's drink. Nils Peterson, our, our the amazing poet. The amazing that... poet. This poetry thing. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. Diane, it's it's starting to it's starting to uh, for me. Ah, ham and eggs. It's moving into another level. Oh man. You know, I'm getting to know and and kind of mix it up with some pretty pretty amazing people. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of cool. I'm really liking it. It's, it well, we'd it's only weird. visited Nils once before just to pick up one of his books. Yeah. But he we ended up with about six of his books. But, yeah. Yeah. but he uh, actually contacted us and said, I have a, a roomy book that was sent to him by Coleman Barks because right. Coleman Barks is a friend of He's his. A friend of his, yeah. And he wanted to give us a copy because he had two. He had an extra. And I said, well, we would would love to come and pick it up rather than having you mail it. You know, we'll come and pick it up. So um, he was, I feel like now that this is just an enjoyable thing that we want to continue. I know. It's It's like we walked in and we were in the middle of a conversation. Yeah. It was like there was no... Very few preliminaries and things. Just kind of, you're entering and you're, now this is the conversation we're having. I I love that man. I do too. And he's just, he is so welcoming that it's like automatic. You just kind of, "Hmm, whoa, okay, right? And it's incredibly hard to believe that he's 90. Yeah. Incredibly hard. Yeah, well. He's so, I mean, there is no stopping his intellect and his. he's just on I just yeah and maybe maybe that's i mean he's 90 maybe that's hard for him and why he likes to keep visits fairly short but uh, he's just a prince of a guy it's just amazing uh to know him and to read his stuff too to get to do all of that so i feel like i'm starting to get to know some of the people who i've been reading yeah and that is blowing my mind it's like wait a minute how did this happen well but i think that why it happens is something that Nils revealed to us while we were talking to him because we were saying how much his poetry meant to us and how we loved what he writes because mm-hmm. he not only writes poetry but these wonderful prose yeah. uh, uh, introductions to poetry. Yeah. And and he's, uh, we said he had a great impact on our lives and he said, well, you've had an impact on my life because uh, I know you're listening. Huh. And I feel like a lot of times I'm just writing and nobody's... Yeah, well, yeah, it's kind of, that's kind of the thing. You're kind of writing into a void. Yeah. Uh, but you're doing it for your own purposes, so the void part is kind of like, oh, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. You don't have any sense of that your message is getting out in, to anyone, you know, really. Well, he's, he has written in some of his texts that he always imagines somebody eavesdropping is yeah. the way he says it. Yeah. And we are definitely eavesdropping on his yeah. thoughts. Yeah, and it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure of every kind. It's not just, you know, not just the way he, you, it's, it's a pleasure to read. He's got chewy language. It's, it's, yeah. And you know, his thoughts are. Yeah, very, very richly textured stuff. And I like it. They launch, his thoughts launch my thoughts mm-hmm. into different arenas than I would have done the other And he's ways. more, it's because he's more advanced than any of us, you know? 
in the art of living, in the in the the chores of living, in the in the you know difficulties of living, all of it. You know, he speaks from a place of uh, richer experience. And he had been a professor, so he definitely he's he's comfortable with (laughs) speaking. Yeah, he definitely. He's, he's like my favorite professor right now. He is, now. mine too. He's <laughs> and he's a natural talker, so he you know, you're in his world, but you're in a conversation that's very nourishing. Yeah. You know. The thing that's so interesting when we're talking to him too is the first time we were talking to him, we were we're talking about all our favorite poets and he had this wry smile on his face. He was Because he knows all he of them. He knows that they or were friends of yeah. <laughs> They were William his Stafford, friends. Robert Bly, you know, those kind of—I mean, those kind of names that are that are in my life are just like <laughs> filled with a kind of Coleman uh, Barks. Yeah, <laughs> Coleman Barks. It's like it's like it's being said in a cathedral somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's not just a name that just going, oh yeah, Bob Jones. You know, it's not just your Bill Davy down the street. It's uh, you know somebody that's W. S. Merwin-y or you know Richard Hugo-y. Something like that, anyway. So. So we did that. So we did that, and got to hang with my mom for a couple of days. My mom is uh, a rare and precious delight at this stage in her life. She's a few years younger than Nils, but uh, every bit as comfortable with her own voice. (laughs) Well, and uh, yeah. Mom will just say stuff. Your mom makes me laugh so much. I know. She's funny. I definitely get the um, <laughs> get the the inherited humor yeah. that you have from her. Yeah. But you guys really you you're so much alike I know. that I, sometimes <laughs> I feel like we're a comedy team. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm just watching this going. You guys. <laughs> Even when we're, you know. Pardon me, I'm having a drink of coffee. Snapping at each other, it feels it feels like you. <laughs> Boy. I'm still having a good time. That's good coffee. <laughs> I was saying that the reason why both of you get along with me is I'm nothing like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have a completely different and more polite way of interacting with humans. But boy, when we were at the Excuse doing me. all the different errands with other people involved yeah. in our situations, I they were just. I mean, I felt like the three of us were entertaining them yeah. to a great degree, yeah. you know. Not only you and your mom being literally funny and me just being, I don't know, you know, kind of... The one laughing the hardest. Yeah, the one laughing the hardest and <laughs> encouraging it all, so... Yeah. But um, before we went to visit your mom yes. in Tacoma... Um, I had had a, a series of escalating procedures after a regular screening mammogram, and um, and the final escalation of procedures was a core needle biopsy, um, and they found that I did have cancer, mm-hmm. and uh, I I was uh, to tell you the truth, pretty shocked. Uh, mostly because I feel so great, you know, mm. I feel really healthy and I don't, I, I never, f- 
felt anything or it just was uh it's just from this screening yeah it's small enough to where there's not even a lump yeah yeah there's no it has no real mass to it boy i mean it's so weird because i was telling you that it's it's like you get these tests done but you don't really think about it being it's sort of like oh i just go through this thing you know um but you don't really think about why you're doing it and that this can be the a right. life-saving it's, it's so routine thing. that it's just kind of like mm. yeah it's just a it's just another a, routine something thing. to check off the list and i mean in a way that's exactly the way it felt so in any event uh bill announced it on the facebook page and i'm really happy that he did i he asked me after he posted um whether it was okay and i said oh it's fine after, with me. After I posted it, I asked her if it was okay. Well, that's okay. And then okay. I shared it to your page where yeah. I tagged you in it so people, you but could see the response. I was really glad that he did because I'll tell you, you know, all of us, and I know the people who listen to this have had issues too, you know? Yeah. We all have issues Nobody in our escapes. Lives. Nobody escapes. Not everybody it, has MS, but... A lot of people do, or something. Yeah, there's there's something that that it gets people, and sometimes it can be two or three things. And I was telling Bill that the thing that is so marvelous is that it's really when you're in those states where you've had something dark happen that you see all those pinpricks of light all around you. You know, that everybody is interconnected and we're all pulling for each other and mm. and particularly for this period of time in our well maybe every period of time in world history when you see the crazy stuff that goes on on the world stage then it it makes you remember that the world stage is not your stage except as uh, the background against which you were operating and that really the things that matter are all the people that surround you who love you and one of the things that I was so appreciative of is that there were a number of people who who had been breast cancer survivors who weighed in and I was surprised at the number but they all shared some wisdom that I absolutely have taken in and yeah. didn't you share absorbed. the statistic that one in eight women get breast cancer in their my, life my Pilates teacher told me that yeah. she said that there was and I looked it up and it's true one in eight people in the US right. will develop breast cancer in their lifetime that's a huge that probably includes number. men right um, I don't think it oh. did include men oh. uh, they did have in that article I read it afterwards they did say that men developed breast cancer but it's a pretty small number that do so in any event right it was i mean i spent most of the the morning that you posted that um just weeping over all the beautiful sentiments that that, was i had no idea that that, of the response you know me neither and the holy smoly and it means so much. And yeah. I, Mark, I know you listen. And it meant so much to me that you posted that song. And yeah. it just sweet. makes you feel like there's um, lots of people on your side that they're all out there pulling for you. Right. 
And uh, not even because you're super close, but maybe, you know. I, well, some num- of those people didn't know who I was. The number so. of the number of friends from, like, when I went to high school, people that were I was in Madrigal Singers together with and stuff like that, that I've, you know, friended on Facebook but don't right. really interact with much, they all just jumped right in. It's yeah. amazing. But anyway, my, uh, I always, uh, we've, We've talked before of that wonderful quote by Mr. Rogers about when something bad happens to look for the helpers. And I just feel like that is always true in my life. I've had a number of pretty dicey situations happen in my life that that always had the this almost I almost thought of them as a circle of angels around me, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and that is what also helps you get through yeah. whatever the the thing is that you're dealing with. Right. I think that, you know, the the weird thing about cancer uh, uh, is that it's got this resonance in our heads. Right that is almost like it's a death sentence, you know? I mean, I think that that was the first thing that went through my mind when I heard it. But then, fortunately, um, I had so many women that I knew that had not died of this. And so I was, uh, so that immediately, you know, that clicked off. But it's mostly just because during our youth, it was more of a death sentence you know but the other thing was that and I still feel this way whatever the outcome whatever is going to get me in the end you know I feel like I've lived such a great life and lived my life with love and literature and art and music and there's nothing more that I could have desired you know so whenever the final thing gets me that does get me. I will not have felt like my life was in any way that I had waited to experience something that I... You showed up. So um, there's a lot of thoughts going on in my head, but for the most part, to tell you the truth, I haven't thought much about what's going on because I don't know enough yet. Yeah. And I haven't allowed my mind to go into dark imaginings very much. The only dark imagining I had was, I'm very vain about my hair. <laughs> I don't want to lose my hair. Yeah. you know. But then I just thought, well, if that's going to be the case, then maybe I'll just have my hair cut right now, have my hair made into a wig. you know. I, I just feel like I don't know that that's going to be my fate. And so... Uh, one of the really wonderful things is that they had a, uh, I didn't realize they do this, but they have a navigation nurse right. who basically when, when they get the report, they assign you a navigation nurse who takes care of all your appointments, yeah. manages them and makes sure that every, everything works for the timeline. Right. And I was telling some of my friends that I talked to about this, it was like having a concierge or something. Um, but the when I was talking to the navigation nurse, um, she had at first told me that it would be like three to four weeks 
before I'd get in to see a surgeon. And um, she's, several people have responded to my post saying that's the hardest part. Yeah. And I was going okay, and but my wonderful nat- naturopath actually had a suggestion for a surgeon. And so I, I gave that name to, um, I mean, somebody that she wanted me to get. Yeah. And so um, I gave that name. I said, could I, could I request this surgeon? And she said, yes, you can. And within a half an hour, I got an email from her saying that I had an appointment on next Tuesday. Yeah, this coming Tuesday. Which is just, I mean, that's miraculous to me that I got the surgeon that is the one that I desired and that I have an appointment so quickly so now I'll I'll find out what the maze is going to be and and then um all you can do is one foot in front of the other and go to the next level and so and deal with it as you do you know the thing that was really interesting is i was talking to one of my dearest friends who had a double mastectomy and and i was asking her do you did you have a navigation nurse and she said man i you know i think i did have someone who was coordinating the appointments but to tell you the truth i've forgotten you know a lot of what happened during that time and i was saying I think we always forget. I mean, I think about when I was hit by the car. And, yeah, uh, you know, and people report like the the pain of childbirth. That, yeah, that, that doesn't you don't remember that. You don't remember the yeah. the pain after yeah. a while. Yeah. So, um, so I it's almost like okay, just get through it, right. get through it to the other side, and you know. So that's that's the report, everyone. I and I, the plan, and, and I want plan. everybody to know that I I'm not. God not in in bad spirits i mean i actually feel like i'm in pretty high spirits yeah you're you're Um, healthy as heck and uh my my philosophy is influenced a lot by my dad who did have cancer when he was young um when he was in his 40s or so i 40 45 somewhere around there he had neurofibrosarcoma and his uh he had a huge portion of the meat of his leg taken out almost to the bone and skin grafted from the other leg to help the 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 leg heal that had the neurofibrosarcoma and my mom said that he was just amazing during that time he she was worried and he was joking you know like making jokes about stuff and and when he was um, in his final days and he had can- cancer again, although we didn't know it, it was a very rare cancer um, that we didn't even find out about until after his autopsy. He was always just, you know, uh, he just didn't wallow in self-pity about anything. And uh, so when my brother was writing to me, I, I said... He said, don't worry. And I said, don't worry about me. I'll, I'll be taking the Ralph Schulstad approach to this because. But worry about Bill because he's already a mess. <laughs> this is really going to mess him up. <laughs> He'll be fine. But, Bill, Bill will be fine. But, uh, 
then I talked to my brother later and I and he and I said I think you knew what I meant about taking the Ralph Schulstead approach and he said oh yeah I said I just admired him so much for that and he said me too so but the other thing about it is I feel like the more that you could be upbeat the better chance you have of recovering I I don't think that it helps to dissolve into um, been there done that got the t-shirt you know I might swing down that way once or twice a month it's not a, not a great place to hang out. It's, it's like, not. It's pathetic. It's like, what? Who wants to spend two days in a row feeling like this? No. <laughs> I mean, I certainly had that when I had my accident at one point. Yep. Um, I think probably your dad had it when he was oh, by himself. Oh, exactly. With your, with when he mom. was by himself. Yeah. But, um, And you may think, well, you're just putting on a show for other people. But not really. Yeah. I mean... I remember I used to always say when people would ask me how I was feeling, I'd say, great, whether I was feeling great or not. And somebody who was saying that, you know, I could be seen as being insincere with that. I felt like, but when I say I'm great, it's like I give myself a little electrical charge of, oh, actually, I do feel kind of great. You know, if I don't respond that way i don't get that little boost from my own spirit i guess is what i want to say so that has been occupying our thoughts and and also we went down to tacoma uh, for another visit yesterday yesterday to assist your mom and but that always makes me feel happy and um so it's been kind of a momentous week yeah it has been. Or two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. yeah. Lots going on, lots to think about, lots to ponder and process and, you know. Yeah. You know. But I'll know more on Tuesday about the map that's ahead of me. Yeah. And, and I have heard from many people now, including some people who have had cancer, that... Um, Seattle is the best place to be and certainly I am in the system that they're talking about the Fred Hutch you um, worked at the university for 30 years medicine yeah and even this whole process even though that core needle biopsy that was painful and was not pleasant but it was over pretty quickly and you know you just deal but the people were just incredible and how much they try to make you feel comfortable. And um, one of the things I really appreciate is they didn't have bright fluorescent lights. It was more, I don't know, it was lighting that felt very cozy and Hmm. not clinical. And they also, even like when you, they gave you the hospital gowns, they had been warmed in a warmer. And I was thinking, wow, this is like deluxe treatment, man. So, but people make all the difference, all the nurses and the yeah. doctors, and I felt... We know that from our job. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. People make all the difference. So, so I want to thank my, <clears throat> thank my team already, you, my sweet William, <laughs> my incredible naturopath who has just oh been there God. from the beginning uh. and... and 
she was the one who suggested the surgeon. She's going to go because to she, the... Because that's the surgeon that operated on her. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's going to go with us to the appointment to help us understand what's going on. We're going to have all these beloved friends on the team thinking about us from afar. There's nothing more than you can want. No, so... No, there just isn't yeah. anything more than you can want. So, so the the song of today is actually a song that I discovered when I had been hit by a car as a pedestrian, and I had only been given ten percent chance that I wouldn't have to have surgery. The way that my I when I got hit by the car, it tore my MCL, my ACL, and my lateral meniscus. I, I always remember the the surgeons saying that it was like the, there's some word that they use for it in football. I mean that's it's something that happens to football players sometimes, and it's like this triumvirate of um, bad things happening. Like a perfect storm of knee injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I also had a huge hematoma on my leg and. and had skidded my hand uh, against the pavement. And so that, uh, you know, I, but I had felt from the start that it was sort of blessed in so many ways because when I got tossed in the air, which the car did, I didn't come out of that, that by hitting my head or by hitting my spine. I, and quite frankly, truth be known, I always felt like someone was carrying me, you know. I had this kind of blissful feeling when I was in the air, I, like somebody was carrying me and then put me down. And um, might just be delirium, I don't know, but I've always Whatever. maintained yeah. that it was not. But the when I went to see the surgeon, um, he said that I would have to do some work, physical therapy, but um, before I could schedule a surgery date. You had to get the swelling down. I had to get the swelling down first. And he said uh, the infamous words, well, not infamous, the uh, interesting words, you know, the way that your ACL tore, and they would only repair the ACL. There isn't any way they could really do it for the lateral meniscus or MCL. They said the way it tore... It's hanging on by a thread. So if your body scabs it over, there's a real small percent of chance that you won't have to have surgery. I kind of hate to even tell you about it because it's so small a chance. It's like 10% chance that that might happen. And I remember walking out of the, the consult thinking 10%? I can work with 10%. And then I started working really hard on my physical therapy. And I discovered through a Pandora list, you know, I was just listening to songs, and I heard this song um, called Wonder by Natalie Merchant. And it became my sort of like my power song to get me through my physical therapy because I was imagining that I would be 
someone that the doctors would disbelieve what they were seeing and, and that I was a wonderer of God's own creation. And, uh, and as it happened, I was that wonder. <laughs> yeah. The 10% worked. The 10% worked. I went to the surgeon for a preoperative visit before the, you know, the scheduled surgery. And he, I still remember him examining me and then saying, can you hold on a minute? And he was on a rolling chair. He rolled over to the, my file and looked at it and was reading it. And then he came over and he said, I can hardly believe it, but you're, you're really lucky. You, you made it through. You don't need to have the surgery. And so it was kind of astonishing to me. Um, so I am going to start listening to this again as my mantra for this time around. It's a great song. Oh, man, I, went, I looked up the lyrics on Natalie Merchant's website. Yeah, it's just wonderful. Wonderful song. And I remember, I mean, I get really emotional when I hear it because I remember telling my mom the lyrics um, that I was listening to and there's a part about coming to the mother, you know? Yeah. So, I feel like it has been my joy to be gifted. Welcome. 